0: Good morning and welcome to Talking Money. This is Certified Financial Planner Mike Miller, your host for today. So glad you're with us. If you're a first time listener, just want to remind you, this is not a sales program. This is an educational program. We're here to, to, to educate you about all different phases of financial planning. Today's topic will be tax planning. Everybody's favorite subject taxes so we're talking tax planning and just to meet with me in the studio we'll get to him in just a minute and see if we can answer some of your questions and give you some good ideas you may implement between now and the end of the year first of all i want to put out a huge thank you to our clients especially but also some radio listeners that participated in the turkey fry yesterday now they weren't actually frying the turkeys yesterday this was our way of helping give back to the community our team was stationed at the Um, location in greenville and spartanburg for miracle hill it's at the food warehouse on keith drive in greenville and at the spartanburg rescue mission on forest street north forest street in spartanburg and we were collecting uh, turkeys i didn't get the number for the spartanburg location we brought in almost 100 turkeys for the greenville location and they need 500 that's how many they fry next week in order to get ready for the thanksgiving um and maybe it's a week after next right before the, it's before thanksgiving i know that to, to get it ready to put all those packages together so that we can have uh, enough food for the people who need it and don't have the food that um, that we may be enjoying that we'll be able to pass that on so it was our way of doing that but it continues today so i want to make sure that you knew between 10 and one today you can bring more turkeys you can also bring canned goods Uh, there i I mentioned in several announcements that there was a a great need for canned goods well myself uh, adam and david and tracy we were back in the warehouse we weren't collecting turkeys Uh, bob jones uh i think it was the elementary school maybe the junior high had done a food drive and all this food came in 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 a tractor trailer didn't fill up the tractor trailer but it felt like it as we were unpacking those boxes of food for a miracle hill if you can bring some canned goods as well that that would be very very helpful for the community and for those who get to shop there. When we got there, there were a couple of guys there from the Greenville Rescue Mission picking up food because they said that we're out of cereal or out of these different items that we need to get down to the Greenville Rescue Mission. And because it was there, but when I got there, the shelves were maybe a third full. Uh, there were a lot of and they have a lot of shelves, but there were a lot of empty shelves. So this was a real answer to prayer to have all those. Um, Goods coming from that Bob Jones food drive that was there. But we want you to have a chance, an opportunity to help, too. They really need the turkeys, frozen turkeys, that is. And you can bring those to either one of those places today between 10 and 1 at the Food Warehouse in Greenville, which is 725 Keith Drive. Put that in your GPS. Or the Spartanburg Rescue Mission, 189 North Forest Street in Spartanburg. So we'd love to have you come and join and help uh, make sure we have enough food for these people who just don't have it. The other things that they've indicated they needed for the turkey fry, they need uh, sticks of salted butter, and they need bleach. And then, of course, I mentioned the canned goods. So if you want to bring that plus a turkey or just get your turkey in, that's that would be great. And I also want to remind you that uh, those of you who contacted uh, contact me through Mike at TalkingMoneyRadio.com. Some people have contacted me through the Ron Blue website. Either way, that, that, that I'll respond to you. And, and Todd is one of those that responded to me out on Flagstaff that uh, and I've responded to him but have not got a response back. And and I know sometimes when I've responded to people that they their my email went to their spam and so they they didn't think I replied. So if, if you responded to me and I and and you have not received a response to me, check your spam email or reach out to me again because i i did respond to you it just uh, it may not have been the very next day but i did respond to you and it may not have uh gone all the way to your regular folder so take a look at that uh so anyway we're um we're always glad to get comments and uh, questions from from listeners at mike at talking radio.com but of course you got a question about taxes today's the day to ask that question because i've got another expert in the in the room with me. So I welcome Justin Mead to the microphone. Good morning, Justin. Great to have you here in the studio. Good
1: morning, Mike. Thanks uh, for having me over today and this morning. We're really excited to talk about uh, tax planning uh, for the
0: rest of the year. Yeah, it's it's good to talk about tax planning when it's something that helps clients or radio listeners save money. It's not so much fun just talking about taxes.
1: That's right. Uh, but unfortunately, this is the time to do it, because if you wait till uh, closer to April 15th of next year, you've waited too late.
0: Or actually, anytime after January first, probably <laughs>
1: except for you know you got some IRA
0: contributions. You got a few things you can do up until that time. For the most part, though, any real tax planning's got to be done in the current year, not not the next year. Before we get too deep into those taxes, let's have the listeners because this is the first time you've been on Talking Money, and, and Justin and I work together. Have worked together now for how many years? Going on ten years 10, 10 in April. Ten years in April, so it's been a fast ten years. Hopefully a good ten years for you. It has been for me. So give us a little background uh, of where you've been up to this time because I want to make sure people know that uh, that we've got somebody with uh, good credentials here on the studio with me.
1: So I'm originally from the upstate, from Williamston, South Carolina. I went to school with Winthrop. at um, a school, served some time in uh, Atlanta. Uh, us Greenville folks don't like to go to Atlanta too much, but you know how it goes. Um worked at a boutique investment and tax planning firm there. Thankfully, Mike recruited me to come back up here uh, to plan first in 2011. And I've worked there since and made the transition to Ronald Blue Trust, which has been uh, a huge blessing to to everybody in our team. Uh, From a personal standpoint, uh, my wife and I, we live in the Greenville side. Uh, We have a 18-month-old son named Bo, and we're expecting a little girl in April. That's I her can't believe lives. Bo is 18 months already. Yeah, That's... it's gone by real fast. <laughs>
0: yeah, so there's April babies. They come fast. So, yeah, two, two years in April 10th, 9th? 14th. 14th. Okay, I knew it was close to the 15th. I knew it was before the 15th, but That's I right. couldn't remember uh, when exactly it was. So, yeah, another one coming pretty soon. So, yeah, you made that transition, and you got your certified financial planner. You had that before you joined uh, I did. May. I was
1: lucky enough to – um passed the CFP exam prior to being hired in Atlanta and I had to get some more experience for the CFP and thankfully I was able to do that. And uh, I'm also a certified retirement planning specialist and a certified kingdom advisor as well.
0: Oh, okay. That's good. Yeah. it has got all those good credentials for us, but today we're going to narrow that down to tax planning. And so we already mentioned one thing. So why do you want to do it now? Because if you don't do it now and you wait till january 1st then a lot of the things that you could have done you can't do a lot of things we're going to be talking about today if you don't do it before the end of the year then you won't be able to do it. And we're now the middle of November, so you've got six weeks. We wanted to make sure we didn't wait too long. But Justin wrote an article, and the, the company um, posted the article nationwide. We also posted it on Facebook, LinkedIn, all those kind of places uh, about why you should start doing it now and what are some things that you can do. But what? And we've only got about a minute before the break. So, what's one of the first things you need to do
1: before you can even do any tax planning? I think the, the first step is just figuring out where you're at. Um, In terms of income and deductions for this year, you really want to figure out what marginal tax bracket you currently are in. And, um, you know, if you're a W-2 employee, just double check those withholdings just to see where you're at in terms of tax liability that you've already paid and or estimated income tax payments that you've already paid
0: when we get back from the break we're going to start off with explaining okay justin you said marginal tax bracket that doesn't necessarily mean the same thing to most people we know it has a good definition and we're going to talk about that when we get back to the break we're going to explain what that is because it's really important for you to understand when justin says where you are right now what is your marginal tax bracket because if you don't know what that is then you're not going to know how much money you're going to save if you do some of these tax planning techniques we're going to do we'll be right back This is Certified Financial Planner Professional Mike Miller, your host for Talking Money. I'm pleased to have Ronald Blue Trust sponsor Talking Money to help educate listeners about financial planning so you have the information needed to help you make more informed and hopefully better decisions. When a Ronald Blue Trust advisor meets with prospective clients, their goal is to determine if any of our services are a good fit for them. They don't sell any products like annuities or life insurance, and as a fiduciary, work to serve your best interest. Perhaps you just need a financial physical from the Everyday Stewart Division without any ongoing monitoring, or you're about to retire and need to work with the Private Wealth Division to map out a financial path and then help implement and continuously monitor that plan. Ronald Blue Trust advisors act like your quarterback, coordinating the advice you receive from your accountant, your estate attorney, life insurance agent, and in some instances, even your investment advisor. You can learn more about Ronald Blue Trust at ronblue.com or one 800 588 7526. That's 1 800 588 7526. Now back to Talking Money. And welcome back to Talking Money. This is Mike Miller, your host today. In the studio with me, my special guest, Justin Mead. If you want to get the full bio on Justin, go to ronblue.com forward slash Greenville. And you'll see all the bios for the team we have here in Greenville. Um, and Justin's is part of that. And you can see his picture and see all the things he's done and and see uh, his credentials and things like that. So we're talking taxes today. Before the break, you mentioned it's important to understand what your marginal bracket is. And I know a lot of people are confused. What is the marginal bracket? So why is it important to know that? And how do you figure out what your marginal tax bracket is?
1: So the, the marginal tax bracket does is it, it tells you uh, what... Percentage of the next dollar you earn, you'll pay in tax. So what you're really trying to find is your taxable income right now. That's not gross. You know, gross is, is is what you make from a from a salary standpoint. Then you take away all your 401k deductions and all your itemized deductions, and eventually come down to taxable income. And that's the that's the real important number when you start looking at tax planning.
0: Yeah, people get confused in that they don't understand it's that that's. The number when you're talking about the tax brackets, it's that number, that taxable income number that they're working with. So, what what's uh, what are some good limits there to keep in mind for people? What some thresholds that they know they're over that? And this this is what requires that planning you were talking about. You better know where your numbers are for the year and try to estimate what it is, so you know if if you go over a certain amount, you're going to be taxed more if you if you do that.
1: Yeah. So we're going to look at the married filing joint tax tables right now. So pretty much anything up to the first twenty thousand dollars. Is you're going to be in the ten percent tax bracket. Um, then from twenty to eighty percent, you're going to be in the twelve percent tax bracket. Twenty to eighty thousand. Twenty to eighty thousand. Yeah, so twenty yeah. to eighty thousand. And then over eighty thousand, you're going to cross into the twenty four percent tax bracket. Um, and then over the uh, well, twenty two. Th-
0: so you go twenty two, right? Then twenty four. So yes, yeah, so up to eighty thousand, you're going to be at twelve percent. It used to be fifteen. They, I keep on saying fifteen. <laughs> it's like, oh, no, we got the new bracket that goes down to twelve. 12%. So if you're if you make up to 80,250 and that's the the amount after your standard deduction, itemized deductions, after your 401k contribution like you said, um, all those things afterwards, then your IRA contributions if you made that, so 80,250, if you make $1,000 over that, then you're going to be taxed at 22% instead of 12. Correct. Right? That's right. Okay, so that's that's a big difference, man. That's 10% higher. Mm-hmm. So if you're not careful, then not that you want to earn less money just because you're going to pay more taxes, um, but if you're real close to there, that's where some of the tax planning comes in. We'll talk about a little bit later. So that's why that's important—that marginal tax bracket. Very much so. All right. So now that you've got, now that you know where that is, you've done that. All right. So what are some things as we get here close to the end of the year? Uh, what are some things that uh, you can think about doing that maybe if you want to reduce your taxes? For this year, what are some things uh, that that the listeners can do?
1: So, with the the tax act in 2017 that, that Trump put into place, it um, it raised the standard deduction to roughly twenty four thousand dollars. So, when you're really looking for tax deductions, one you got to make sure you itemize for this strategy to work. But it's called bunching deductions, and it's essentially trying to accelerate next year's deductions in, in this year. And, and you don't really necessarily accelerate things that for, for next year, this year, it's, it's just more you're prepaying maybe charitable contributions. And you can do that uh, either directly to the charity or you can actually open up a donor advised fund. Uh, many of the custodians, Schwab, Fidelity, TD, offer these accounts where you get an immediate tax deduction this year, but you can actually give the money away next year because it's essentially your account to, to tell Fidelity, Schwab, what to do in terms of
0: giving. So so some people if they made a big if they made next year's contribution to the church in December, uh, especially a smaller church might think, Oh great, we got all this extra money we, we can have to, to uh to work with on our budget and say, No, 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 no. This is next year's income. You need to make sure that you uh, if you don't want them to even to actually get it, you put it in the donor advised fund, like you said, and then you can give it from the donor advised fund to the church, you can give it monthly. Uh, you don't have to give it all at once, and you can give it out regularly if you want to, just from the donor advice fund, right?
1: That's right. Yeah. It's an, it's an amazing tactic, and um, it, it, like like you said, it, it gets your tax deduction this year, but it still allows you to give it next year when the church or charity might need it.
0: So what, uh, what what why would you want a bunch of deductions?
1: Much like just what I said earlier about the standard deduction being so high this year, is what you can do is you can take advantage of a bigger gift this year, and then take advantage of the standard deduction next year. Maybe a good example would be um, after property taxes or what, what have you, you give around $15,000 a year to the church. Well, you may not even itemize at that point, but if you bunch your deductions— Which means you don't get any, which you any don't get, benefit yeah, from the deduction at all. No real you didn't tax get over benefit. The, no tax benefit. The church benefit. gets yes, their right? Left, right? <laughs> yeah. uh, but if you bunch deductions, you can get up to, at that example, $30,000 of charitable contributions this year. The church gets their 15000 this year. They still get their fifteen thousand next year through the donor advised fund gifts, uh, but this year you actually get to recognize thirty thousand dollars of itemized gifts to the church.
0: So let's say somebody gets up to the the, the twenty twenty numbers for married filing jointly is twenty four thousand eight hundred. So if we uh, if I get if I my my property taxes, my ten thousand limit for the salt deduct state and local taxes, that's limited to ten thousand. Then my property taxes and then my um, contributions get me up to let's say twenty thousand. Uh, then then I don't get any benefit for any of those deductions because I, I get twenty four thousand eight hundred anyway. That's correct. But if I take that the contributions and if there's enough. And maybe you even take more than one year's worth. Uh, we've we've given some that advice to some clients and say, okay, well, you're never going to have enough. Even if you put two years' worth in one year, you're never going to have enough to get over that 24800 threshold, and it goes up a little bit each year, typically. So you're never going to get any tax benefit from that. Well, maybe you give five years' worth of contributions at one time. But there again, you don't want to give it to the church at once, so you give it to that donor advised fund. And South Carolina Christian Foundation is another one, National Christian Foundation, in addition to Schwab and Fidelity, some of those that, that Justin mentioned. Then you can then give that money over the five years to the church, but then you got you at least at one year where, where you got a, a benefit of the the uh, tax deductions.
1: Yeah, and, and one strategy there too is is you know even if you don't have cash to contribute into the donor advised fund, you can also give appreciated securities in a brokerage account. So let's just say you, you bought Apple when Apple was dirt cheap and it's you know, sky high right now. You can actually donate the full market value of the Apple stock into the donor advised fund. Recognize that current fair market value as a gift. And then that's your charitable deduction for the year.
0: Yeah. So it may not even, especially this year, where we got the higher limits that you can give essentially 100% of your adjusted gross income. Uh, there's there's not that uh, restrictions on how much gifts of so some some people who are wealthier that may want to take advantage of that those extra gifts this year. you're kind of prepaying gifts maybe for uh, years going forward. You can do that this year because the way the tax law is listed. So yeah, so that's great to have just an appreciated security that that and and maybe you really like the security, but then you have the cash that you would have given that you didn't give because you gave the appreciated security. So then you just buy the security
1: again. Simple as that. You go back and buy the uh, that Apple stock we talked about uh, in your brokerage account and then you still own Apple and then you get a, a nice tax deduction for this year and then you prepay your gifts and ties for the next two, three, four, yeah. five years.
0: What if I have a stock that is uh, underwater? So it is one that... Um, I don't have a profit in. It's, it's obviously not Apple, but or unless you bought Apple when it's high and it, then it went down from there, uh, is that a good plan too? Just to give those appreciate those unappreciated securities, those ones that are underwater.
1: So generally, you don't want to give stocks that are you have a loss in. You don't want to give those away uh, because the IRS gives you a nice uh, tax deduction for those. You know, it's called tax loss harvesting. So you sell a security. Um, that you have lost money on. There's, there's two different things that can happen there. You can offset some of your gains and maybe another stock or security that you sold, um, or you actually can take up to a $3,000 loss. The, the pitfall of that strategy would be uh, you have to wait 31 days until you repurchase that security. So if you sold something at a loss, you have to wait 31 days and it, to purchase it again if you wanted to purchase it, um, or your loss is disallowed.
0: Yeah, what about a mutual fund? So I could do the same thing with mutual funds, right? If I sell, I sell a loss, or I can give those mutual funds as appreciated securities. Not just doesn't have to be just individual stock, right?
1: No, that's right. It could be both mutual funds and or uh, individual stocks. Mutual funds, you kind of can get into um, a gray area of uh, repurchasing different kind of mutual funds. Just talk to your tax advisor and, and make sure you're, you're you're doing that correct. Because again, there's some there's some nuances there that we wouldn't want you to get that loss disallowed if it was a loss.
0: But Justin, I really like that. Even though it's a loss, I really like that stock. You know, so uh, you you just have to be careful about not buying it again for 31 days. That's right, right. But if it's a mutual fund, let's say it's a, a managed mutual fund, let's say dodging cost stock or something like that, and and but you still want to be in the market. You don't want to be out of the market 31 days. Um, what what's an option there?
1: One option would be um, change mutual fund companies, and again, there's there's some nuances there of the rules of of how aggressive you want to be in reinvesting in a similar security. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, one option would be if you sold like an like an LSV value, for instance. This year is a fund that we used to to own. Uh, Value stocks have not done very well this year compared to their growth counterparts. You know, one option you could do is you could sell the the value stock and you could just purchase a, a total stock market fund, for instance that's yeah,
0: just index fund. Just yeah to, yeah yeah all right so hold that thought we got more thoughts about this more tax planning coming up with uh, justin mead as we come back from the break we'll be back with more of talking money in just a few minutes ronald blue trust is pleased to sponsor talking money Ronald Blue Trust is a company with a vision to see individuals and families practicing biblical stewardship and experiencing freedom from economic fear, bondage, and conflict. They want their clients and their families to enjoy debt-free living, free to answer the call to ministry or whatever their passion is, feeling at peace with their investments and the way they're being professionally managed to help accomplish their financial objectives so they can focus on other aspects of their lives and help clients make wise financial decisions, live generously, and leave a lasting legacy. As a trust company, Ronald Blue Trust advisors come alongside the next generation to help transfer your values and help you leave your lasting legacy. If you're a business owner, the business consulting division can help you define your company's culture and very importantly, then help convey that culture to the next generation of leaders in your company. Find out more about Ronald Blue Trust at ronblue.com or 1-800-588-7526. That's one 800 588-7526. Now back to Talking Money. And welcome back to Talking Money. We're coming up at about 25 before the hour. And Justin Mead, Certified Financial Planner, Certified Retirement Planning Consultant, and Certified Kingdom Advisor is in the studio with me today. We're talking taxes, specifically year-end tax planning. But of course, if you got other questions for me, I mean, you can send it to Mike at TalkingMoneyRadio.com, but I'm not going to get that today. I'll get that for next week. So if you have a question about something else that you'd like me to cover in a future Talking Money podcast or program, just send that to Mike at TalkingMoneyRadio.com. Mike at TalkingMoneyRadio.com. And if you want to listen to other podcasts that we have posted on that site, you just go to TalkingMoneyRadio.com. Dot com, And you can go to listen, and when you go to, click on listen, then it'll send you to the archives where you can see recent shows that we've done, and, and it goes back to a, a number of years, so you can look by topic. So if there's a particular topic, let's say annuities, for instance, or taxes, or estate planning, wills, whatever it is you want to find more information about, and learn in a way that's uh, we think given to you objectively because we don't we don't sell any products, uh, don't sell any insurance, don't sell annuities, don't sell anything. I'm licensed to, but I don't do it um, because we just don't um, plan that way at at Ronald Blue Trust. So if you. Uh, want to find more information about any of those topics? Just click on that topic that you'd see there. There's a bunch of them listed, or you can do a search for it. It'll come up with the shows that we've talked about it, at least enough to where we had identified it as a show that we discussed that uh, long enough to make it worthwhile to tag it for that. Um, and some shows were dedicated completely for that, like this one today uh, for taxes. All right. So um, before the break, we had talked about marginal bracket, we talked about bunching deductions. And one of the things that uh, you mentioned during the break that you wanted to make sure people understood is what are, what are some of the deductions they want to make sure they look at when they're talking about which ones can be bunched,
1: Justin? So, so some that can't be uh, bunched would be maybe your long-term care premiums. Obviously, you may have some leeway at the end of the year. If you could if you pay monthly, maybe you can ask the insurance company that you could uh, maybe delay one month. But you know that's really not going to rock the boat, as they say, Um uh, I'd focus on maybe some medical expenses that you don't think that you could take. One would be the long-term care premiums. There's some rules there uh, in terms of how much you can actually take in terms of how old you are. But also maybe you you went to an assisted living facility or retirement community. A lot of people don't realize most of those, not most of them, but some of those expenses are actually considered a medical deduction for your itemized deductions. Most of the time, you have to ask the uh, assisted living facility for a printout, and they usually do those annual. And they can give you, hey, you paid, uh, you know, forty percent of your total fees. Actually, went to some kind of medical treatment, right? Uh, so, so that's deductible. a huge potential, yeah, potential uh, tax deduction there. And you know, and the funny thing about medical expenses is it's a percentage of your AGI that you're allowed to take. So what does that mean? Well, it's a seven and a half percent of your AGI. So the lower your AGI, the lower that hurdle is for you to actually take medical expenses as an itemized deduction.
0: Mm-hmm. Now, you won't necessarily be able to bunch that one, though. That that would be part of what you included every year unless they you know, let you prepay a, a month's worth or something like that as part of your deduction. But that'd certainly be one of the items you have to consider when you're thinking about bunching you want to make sure you include those kind of expenses especially if you'd forgotten or didn't realize that you could
1: deduct that and you can always amend your tax return too if you forget some of yeah. these big expenses um, you have 3 years you can go back and and amend them and, and maybe you could get some you know extra extra refund there go, going back to bunching i mean really the only other way to quote unquote bunch some deductions right now would be the um, maybe your property tax a lot of a lot of states allow you to pay the property tax either in December or January if you can you know accelerate uh, next year's property tax this year or you can actually delay it until 2021 uh, the idea there would be assuming you don't meet that SALT limitation that Mike mentioned earlier of $10,000 through state and local uh, income tax is you can bunch those two property taxes in one year yeah
0: so if you if you happen to have paid this year's property taxes in january then paying next year's in december means you've got two of those in one year but if you're trying to bunch and you didn't pay in january you paid a year ago in december so that got in 2019's return or would have been on 2019's return and now you have really no property taxes for your house in this calendar year then you might want to say, okay, well then I'll just wait and then next year, especially and this relates to a question we got in a text, but if you if your taxes are higher next year, then you'd say, Okay, now I've got my my property taxes in January and then in twenty twenty one, at the end of twenty twenty one, pay twenty twenty twos in December, and that gives you two next year. You might even think about some charitable deductions charitable contributions that you still haven't made this year if next year's the time you're planning on bunching and take the rest of this year's contributions that you haven't made yet and wait and make them in january so then that that puts more into next year then you can bring in 2022s into 2021 this can get confusing i know for a lot of people but it's it's really not if you just think about what year you're making these contributions it it can help you bunch those into one year and hopefully get you over whatever that, that limit is at the time, 24-8 for 2020. But it's going to be probably 25000 or 25200 or something for 2021. But but until April, we'll be talking about 2020 taxes is what people will be referring to. So those are some things that, that really need to be considered.
1: Yeah, and another thing, too, I just thought about would be uh, maybe a severance deal is, is in the making, and you're potentially offered a, a severance the last eight weeks of the year uh, it may be a stretch but you could always ask if you could be a you know paid in 2021 at this point because if it's paid in 2020 you essentially would have your current salary and your income as well as the severance payment come through at the same year and then you'd really start have to worry about taxes due at that point in time
0: yeah and maybe you haven't maxed out your 401k now you have you have very little time to try to change that but you still most people have several pay periods you could increase that for the rest of the year and increase your and and decrease your income because it's obviously not going to show up on your w-2 it's going to reduce that that uh, gross income by the amount of your 401k if you have a little more room to wait for that then you can always reduce it if you want to next year to help make up for it if you need the cash flow uh, increase it this year, reduce your taxes this year, and then and then next year it you could uh, reverse that. But the one the one question we'll have more time to talk about this uh, after the the break, and we may touch on it now. Uh, the texture says uh, hi, Mike. Thank you for all you do. My question is, what do we need to do before end of year if Biden is elected? I like the way he says that. So if Biden says at least he's given the benefit of the doubt that it may not happen, as as the press has said. We have pension account. Traditional IRAs and Roth, we are 65 and 62. We are on Social Security. Thank you. So I don't know who this is. Just have a phone number. So there's no first name or where they're calling from. And that's that's just fine. But that was a big question. Something we wanted to talk about today, Justin, is is how much do we even think about? I mean, Biden has, has obviously said... He is going to increase taxes on anybody making less than 400000 I think that there's probably some taxes that are going to be hidden that people don't realize they're going to be paying if they make less than 400000 So a lot of people are going to think, well, that's not going to apply to me. Um, but the tax rates may change. And, and just from a standpoint of, wow, we 've got this huge uh, deficit now the debt and the deficit for this year that added to the debt and and what how are we going to get rid of that is can we just do some things to generate more growth that generates more taxes well that's not something that typically a Democratic administration does even though um, Kennedy did it years ago and said yes we reduce in reduce taxes to increase uh, the tax revenue that that's this people don't comprehend that very well how do you how do you reduce the tax rate and increase tax revenue? Well, you generate growth and that, gen- that growth generates more taxes. We don't know if that's going to happen. So how much should we, let's see, we got, uh, well, we're about, we'll, we'll go ahead and go to this break. So let's let's think about this. Well, After the break, we're going to come back and talk about how much, what kind of things may change. But let's think about how much should we even worry right now because we don't even know if uh, Biden's going to be able to do what he wants to do. If the Senate and these Georgia races do come back and they're, they're both Republican, then they're going to be stymied in what they can do for, uh, for any anything, especially any major policy changes like tax changes. So we'll talk about that when we get back to the break. We'll be right back. This is Certified Financial Planner Professional Mike Miller, your host for Talking Money. I am pleased to have Ronald Blue Trust as the sponsor of Talking Money. As a trust company with clients in all 50 states, Ronald Blue Trust can serve as trustee, backup trustee, or even personal representative, what we used to call the executor or executrix. This can be a valuable service, especially if you'd like to pass on your values and not just your valuables to your heirs. Your heirs will probably have one of two perspectives. Either they will say something like, what am I going to inherit? which is usually the common uh, perspective, or they will ask, what is going to be entrusted to me? What talents will I be responsible to manage? Tim Kimmel, director of Family Matters, said it well. Quote, you can't leave character to your trust account. You can't write your values into the will. You can't bank traits like courage, honesty, and compassion in a safe deposit box. What we need is a plan, a long-term strategy to convey our convictions to the next generation. Unquote. Estate and trust planning are about much more than saving taxes or simply making sure your assets get transferred efficiently to your children. You can find out more about Ronald Blue Trust at ronblue.com or 1-800-588-PLAN. That's 1-800-588-7526. Now back to Talking Money. We have about 12 minutes left here in Talking Money. Did they have this one texture question? The question really was, What is there anything we need to do before the end of the year if Biden is elected? So they have a pension account, traditional IRAs and Roth. Uh, they don't say they're on Social Security, but they don't say how much the pension account is or how much the Social Security. But but what are some things they should be thinking about there, Justin, to, to maybe do before the, the end of the year, if anything?
1: So it's really hard when, when we have uh, a presidential election like this and in theory, two different paths that, that they could go. More taxes, less taxes, kinda of, kinda of idea. But but the big picture is we don't know. Like we, we don't know even if if Trump remains the president, if he, he could even change tax plans. Um, so really before the end of the year, really I would just focus on what you can do this year and maybe what you think would be coming down the pipeline from your own financial situation. So right now if if you know you're sixty five and sixty two and all you have is social security income and some pension income. Really, we'll go back to the the first segment where we talked about finding exactly where you are in the marginal tax bracket. Social Security is an oddball in terms of income. Uh, the IRS treats every dollar you earn different, whether it be from Social Security, earned income, passive income, everything's tr- treated different. So you really got to re- remember um, Social Security and how it's taxed. Uh, Social Security starts off being tax-free, but the more money you make through pension income and IRA distributions and just earned income, more of your Social Security gets taxed. So what, what you really want to try to figure out is, okay, how much room do I have to the next tax bracket? And maybe an idea could be uh, a Roth conversion right now. Roth conversions are something we really harp on between, you know, 60 and 72 when the required minimum distributions begin, um, especially if you think your RMD is going to be extremely high. So there's a lot of money in your IRA, your 401k.
0: And they already have a, a regular traditional and a Roth, so they're already starting in that direction, but maybe there's some more money in the traditional that should go to the Roth. Is that what you're
1: saying? Totally, yeah. So uh, you got one or two options. Recognize a little bit extra income this year at the tax, ra- tax bracket and tax rate that you know is in effect for yourself right now. Uh, I would say since you already have a Roth, you might as well do a Roth conversion, pay the tax, and have it in that Roth so it can grow tax-free um, for future needs. But
0: one point I will make while I'm thinking about it is you want to make sure you have enough money outside the IRA to pay the tax on. So you don't want to do a Roth conversion where you take money out of traditional IRA and then have to take some of that money and leave it out of the IRA to pay the taxes on the conversion. You really want to make sure that the full amount from the, the traditional IRA that you put into that can you convert to the Roth is put into the Roth and you pay the tax on that conversion with other other money.
1: In a perfect world, you know the, the most effective strategy or way of doing this strategy is getting as most as you can in the roth. i.e like Mike said, paying the tax through cash flow cash on hand. Uh, still you know, in the grand scheme of things, it all depends on that bracket and where you fall. It, it still make make makes sense to even if you have to pay the tax on the contribution or the distribution. but like Mike said, it's, it's better to, to pay that uh, with cash on hand if possible.
0: Right, right. So in this case, if they're, um, let's say they are $20,000 away from this uh, magic number of $80,250 that filing, married filing jointly to, that keeps them in the 12% bracket, then theoretically they could take $20,000 out of the traditional IRA, still be in the 12% bracket and put it in the Roth or just leave it out, of the, just put it in regular brokerage account. But let's say put it in their Roth. And then they would have, uh, they would still pay what they know is the current lower rate, twelve percent rate, and, and likely depending on what their pension income, the, the uh, Biden hasn't even talked about increasing rates for people that making less than four hundred thousand dollars. But you, like you said, you never know. Even Trump could, if at a necessity they think they have to in order to make up for the the big debt and deficits that we've been been accruing this year.
1: Yeah, and even if you look just. Historically, before Trump was elected, uh, you know the, the 2017 tax cut expires in 2025, so you only have five more years of the current 12 percent bracket, which used to be the 15 percent tax bracket. So, if you keep all things the same, well, that's a net three percent savings versus yeah. in the future. Now versus 2025.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that's that's really good. So that Roth conversions one thing, but uh, what about somebody who? Now that they they raised the your you say you're over sixty five, you're over 59 and a half especially, but maybe you're retired and you're over seventy and a half, or you're about to turn seven and a half, half uh, where the required minimum distribution's been moved from seven and a half to seventy two. Now, if you already were seven and a half, then you still have to make that that a uh, seven and a half this year. You still have to make it. You don't you don't get grandfathered for that. But if you're not seven and a half yet, you you've now been postponed to seventy two. But uh, is there a reason why that person may want to also go ahead and take out a required minimum distribution or a non-required a, a distribution from their IRA to have it uh, taxed this year, even though they don't have to. They don't have to take anything out at all. But should they, uh, even though they don't have to?
1: I think they should uh, think about it. Again, going back to it, it all depends on where you fall. Uh, assuming all you have is Social Security income and you have the option to take some IRA funds out, you know, I think you should look into it and see where you fall on that taxation of how Social Security is taxed, uh, where it, it may make sense. Another thing, obviously, if you're 70 and a half, you can do what's called a qualified charitable distribution. And that's uh, just a way of getting uh, funds from your IRA tax-free to charities. And the good thing about tax-free is is it actually doesn't even affect your AGI. It never shows up really on your tax return from that standpoint, so in theory, you know, going back to the medical deductions we talked about earlier, is uh, you know, a, a, up to a hundred thousand dollar gift to a charity from your IRA through the qualified charitable distribution, actually doesn't even come on your tax return for those seven and a half percent medical deductions. All right, it helps. Yeah, it helps. Maybe, you,
0: so. you might be able to deduct more of those because mm-hmm. you didn't include that in your AGI.
1: I think the the biggest thing with the uh, qualified charitable distribution is uh, custodians are not required to let the IRS know that's what you did. Uh, it's up to the tax preparer. So I've had many instances where we've recommended a QCD, and then the client comes in for their annual review, and we review their tax return. And, you know, unfortunately, the tax preparer did not classify the QCD correctly, and yeah. they didn't get the benefit of, 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 the, of that gift. But not
0: the tax preparer's fault because they never knew. That's right. You, you didn't tell them. So You got to make sure you tell them. And another caution I'll I'll share with listeners. Uh, uh, several years ago, had a listener that came in the office actually talking to us, and he ended up being single. He had been he had been married, divorced, and and didn't have any plans to remarry. No children. And he had read about the advantages of doing a Roth conversion, so he converted every bit of his ira over time and i think it was you're talking several million dollar ira he converted it all to a roth and so now he's thinking he didn't have any family he's thinking well i i ought to uh i'm just going to give all this away to charity Uh, oh my goodness so you paid all that taxes on there on those iras and you shouldn't have done any of it into to a Roth conversion because you're going to be giving it away and there's not going to be any taxes due by the the these different charities are going to receive that money but even someone that has a, a smaller amount i would i would suggest if you if you're a giver at all the to churches or qualified charitable organizations that you don't convert all of your traditional IRA to a Roth because that traditional IRA can be a great place to take money from on this qualified charitable distribution, the QCD that Justin is talking about, and use that to give the money away. And if you've already converted it to uh, a Roth and you've already paid the taxes on it, there's no tax benefit anymore for that. Yeah, you can still give money away. You still get a tax deduction for it, but you already paid the taxes before. So you're just kind of recouping what you did. So leave enough in there so that you can use those for gifts. And even upon your death, you, if you're planning on giving some money to ministries or charities at your death, that's the perfect place to give it is through the IRA, but not the Roth. Uh, it's the, the traditional IRA that you want to use that to, to give that to ministries because that's the, they're not going to pay taxes on it. And then the rest of your money that's already been that's already been taxed or we get a step up in basis can go to your heirs and anybody else you want it to go to that so i wanted to make sure we we clarified that so what about um, another benefit that this person this texture might get from um the taking advantage of the, the capital gains taxes they may be able to take advantage of let's mention that
1: yeah so right now the capital gains tax rate uh, is zero percent if you're in the 12 percent tax bracket
0: what? zero percent that's really? right. right so I mean
1: and, and capital gains also is, is not necessarily just a brokerage account with you know mutual funds or, or stocks it's also you know a real estate property mm-hmm. uh, if you have a you know a, a piece of property that you sold for a gain and you are in that 12 percent tax bracket you know there's a, a high degree of likelihood that uh, at least a portion of that capital gain is going to be taxed at zero percent.
0: So what if the tax? What if the total taxable income gets above the twelve percent bracket? Does that mean I don't get the zero percent anymore?
1: Uh, it just means on that the amount that crosses over into the twenty two percent tax bracket. So make make things simple. Uh, if your taxable income is sixty thousand dollars and you sell a piece of property with for forty thousand dollars of gain. Again, let's go back to easy numbers. The first twenty percent or first twenty thousand dollars of that gain is going to be at zero percent and then the next twenty thousand dollars is going to actually be at that twelve percent rate so
0: fifteen percent fifteen percent capital gain rate long-term capital gain rate right am i get that right
1: yeah sorry. instead of twelve percent yeah
0: twelve percent is the ordinary income rate but fifteen percent the the capital gains would been be taxed at fifteen percent i think that's right anyway we'll, we'll we'll make sure we got one minute left here so what what are some other things i know we had a lot of things that we've talked about uh, this year for the CARES Act and the SECURE Act, and we've had multiple shows where we've talked about that. We talked with Alan Cox down at the home office about this, our tax expert down there, and he's done that. So uh, you can go to the TalkingMoneyRadio.com, TalkingMoneyRadio.com, and you can pull up those archives and learn all about what's happened with the SECURE Act and the CARE Act and all those kind of things. And if you have a question you didn't get a chance to ask today or are too afraid to ask, and uh, we get Justin to ask later, so just send that question to Mike at TalkingMoneyRadio.com. Mike at TalkingMoneyRadio.com. So, Justin, thanks for joining me today. Thanks for having me, Mike. Glad Uh, to have
1: you. It's been great to to come in and, and... talk with you.
0: all right well have a great week everyone enjoy your week and we'll talk to you next week for more talking money though i'm an employee of ronald blue trust talking money represents my individual views and not those of my employer or any sponsor of the program during the program i may discuss market trends as well as specific financial planning techniques and investment ideas these discussions are for general information only and are not intended to provide specific advice or recommendations to any individual or organization Work with your attorney or accounting or investment professional for specific individual advice and services. Any securities or investment products discussed on Talking Money are not insured by the FDIC, are not a deposit or other obligation of or guaranteed by any bank, and are subject to investment risks, including possible loss of principal amount invested.